Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Kent Engel on the line. Kent, how are you? I'm doing well. Doing great. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. So for those that aren't familiar with you, why don't you share a little bit about you and then we'll dive into the conversation. Yeah, I currently serve as the 15th president of Southeastern University. Our main campus is in Lakeland, Florida, but we are a network campus. We literally have uh, well over 200 campuses nationwide, and we're also uh, uh, international, too. We're in Moldova. We're in uh, Brazil, uh, starting in Argentina and Uganda. So we just continue to grow in offering uh, good access to higher ed. I was going to say it's definitely providing access when you're venturing out of you know Pinellas County and and Lakeland and I know the Tigers just wrapped up their spring training yes. so uh, it's it's all it's all good so when we were talking in the pre-show you, you talked about this wasn't your original career so I want you to go back a little bit and and share some of those things because and for the audience one of the things that I want you to get from this interview is there's going to be highlights along the way of of how leadership comes into play and what you're doing and how to make things better than you found it. So I'd really love to hear. Uh, let's go back a little bit in your first career and then uh, you know, move on forward. Yeah, I started in television sports and actually uh, served as a sports anchor for 10 years, finishing my uh, career in Los Angeles, uh, working at NBC. Uh, that started actually when I was 18 years of age. I graduated from high school, didn't know where I wanted to go to college, didn't know exactly what I wanted to major, but I took advice of a great uh, mentor in my life, a wonderful leader who told me, always follow your design, uh, the passions, the giftings, the the things that um, really, you know, Know, gel with who you are. And if you follow that, you're always going to find opportunity to serve, to lead, to be a part of something significant. And when I was just 18, I decided, well, I'll go to the local community, uh, community college and take uh, some courses on things I'm passionate about. One of them was broadcasting and uh, took a broadcast writing course. The news director happened to be the professor. He said, I like your work. Uh, how about uh, coming to the local NBC station and serving as an intern? I jumped at the chance. He assigned me to sports. That's my favorite part. And uh, right there in Bakersfield, California at uh, KERO-TV, uh, started as an intern, uh, worked with a sports anchor for three months. He left and got another job. I went into the news director. And you know, 18-year-olds, they they pretty much have it all re- already figured out. I thought I had it all figured out. I said, hey, I can do this job. And, uh, and he said, you know what? I'll give you a chance. And right on the set, I produced a show. He hired me, and I started doing uh, weekend uh, sports for uh, the NBC station. And then the rest is uh, history and worked in that field for 10 years. That's amazing. And of course, you know, covering sports in Southern California, there's no shortage of stories to talk about. But uh, yeah, that's uh, kudos to you for being bold at that age and said, I'm going to go for it. Because we, we think about you know, all the people in the world that have those gifts that do something amazing and something holds them back and they don't ask. And they just, nah. And I just think about that a lot when I engage people. It's like, no, ask for it. Worst thing that happens, they say no. They say no, then figure out, okay, why did they say no? What do I need to do to get them to say yes? And when you do that, that's when you start having personal growth. And that's when you start 
being a little bit more bold and you're like, you know what, I, I know what I'm good at and I know that I can do this job and let me prove it to you. So, you know, kudos to that, uh, to that director to give you that chance because it obviously it, it gave you a, an amazing career to start off. So from there, you you left uh, the, the sports game and, uh, and then you know, moved on into uh, your next field. So I'll uh, we'll share a little bit about that. Yeah. So the next uh, area that I moved into was in, in ministry leadership, serving as a lead pastor of a, a local church that we planted in Northwest Los Angeles. I've always been a firm believer. There are catalytic events that take place in your life that kind of speak again to what you're sensing is going on, experiences you're going through, kind of what your passions, how they shift. Again, you follow you follow a design, and I just felt led uh, through a, a, an event, an experience that took place in my life that was actually kind of a personal tragedy. Um, my sister and her husband were involved in um, in ministry leadership and. They happened to be uh, out at an event with their their uh, youth that they were serving, and they dropped them off from that event. And on the way home, a a, uh, a drunk driver hit them head on, killed both of them. And through that experience, as difficult it was, as it was, it's something about that stirred in my heart about um, the importance of serving people. And that's the other passion I have. I love to come alongside people, encourage them, empower them, uh, help them in their growth and uh, in their life, uh, so they can bring their best self to the context. And and I just felt like that's something I wanted to go into. And so did and uh, went back to uh, to college to get uh, more uh, education that would help me to be a great uh, steward of, of being a ministry leader and jumped into that career and actually was in that career for uh, about 10 years. It seems like about every decade, I, I kind of switch into something that, again, continues to follow my design. We've got similar paths where every 10 years or so I'd switch careers. So I was originally in public accounting, then went into IT, then it went into uh, healthcare executive roles and, and executive roles in the nonprofit sector. And then after a little over a decade on that, launched my own business. So it, it's that, you know, okay, you know, and I should, should put it on a calendar. It's like, okay, in 20, <laughs> in 2029, uh, or 20, I should say like 2027, 2028, start planning, you know, what the next adventure is. Cause you know, it's, you're, you're going to change. And again, it's by, I think design, I think just experiences of life and in circumstances, whether good or tragic, um, you know, can give you some insights to, okay, this is the path I'm going to take now. And, that's the beauty of of our life and and the gift that you know God has given us is you know we we can choose but we, we, we as long as you know we're in tune with following and paying attention uh, I think that goes a long way so so you're in that role for a period of time and then um, from there I believe is when you, you you went back to school and 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 how did that opportunity come up because that's that it, it's interesting especially you know across the country as well because you were in California and all of a sudden, you know, Lakeland, Florida. And, you know, I, um, my parents used to live in Sebring and I used to work for an insurance company that uh, had a footprint in Lakeland. So uh, it's been a long time since I've been there, but I'm familiar with it. So, uh, you know, what, what got you there? How, how did that chance yeah. So uh, while I was uh, serving as a, as a lead pastor in a church in uh, Southern California, I had built within the, um, the church a program, an educational program that helped to develop leaders, uh, helped to um, uh, provide educational stewardship for people who wanted to continue to grow and, and be a good steward. Again, I, I believe in life stewardship. That's always bringing your best self to the context. And that means you need education to make you better, sharper. And, and, and I had built that and, and, 
so uh, there was actually a, a university in uh, in Northwest, uh, the Northwest Pacific up in Washington, uh, Northwest University in Kirkland, Washington, had noticed some of the things that I had done, how I, I led, and um, actually got a call from the president of that university and said, we've, we've seen your work and what you've done in terms of developing education and ministry leadership. We have an opening uh, for a dean of our College of Ministry and Leadership and wondered if you would be interested in coming and developing the kind of programming that would help uh, raise up brand new leaders that would go into that field and uh, and serve and lead. And we just felt like, wow, you know, uh, what an opportunity because you can invest in in really generations, if you will, of of students that come through that that will go out and serve and and lead uh, congregations uh, all across America as well as even overseas. And so we stepped into that role and I started serving as the dean of that college in, at Northwest University. And we saw significant growth in that college. And as a result of that, actually ended up getting a call about six years later uh, from the search committee for a brand new president at Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida, and asked if we would consider and leading coming and leading that university. They were kind of in a um, plateaued decline state. They had actually gone two years without a university president. So during that time, the university had lost uh, significant enrollment. And uh, of course, that translates into revenue and so forth. And they were looking for somewhat of a turnaround leader. And they had seen what I had accomplished in uh, in my local church there, and then also at Northwest University. And, and so long story short, I uh, went down to uh, Southeastern. I've been there now 12 years as the president, and we've seen tremendous growth uh, here at our university. Yeah, and I know it's one of the things that you're, and many things that you're gifted at, but the one thing is, you know, the turnaround, you know, the 180 degree turn, because obviously that university was declining, you know, didn't have a leader for two years. Uh, you know, normally, if you're a college student, you're thinking you, you don't really necessarily care about, is there a, a president? But it would get on the radar of some people like, why isn't there a president? You know, what's going on there? And then murmurings and you know the professors and everybody else there and all of a sudden they're a little bit uncertain about what's going on they see the numbers declining so all of a sudden you start losing key professors and other staff to other places and yeah you could really have it so when you so when you landed there and you obviously you surveyed the land and you said okay this is what's going on you know what was some of the you know first quick wins that you were able to do to help kind of turn the ship a little bit and and get it into the growth that it's seen ever since you've been there yeah, so so I've always used a, a process. It's a system. I'm I'm a I like to call I'm a systems thinker. I love to look at the big picture of organizations and and understand uh, how to accomplish that big picture mission. But also look at the uh, inner parts, the smaller parts of that organization. How do they interconnect and relate to each other so that you can begin to produce growth, health, uh, change the culture, so it'll be very collaborative and empowering. And and I use a a system. I call it framework leadership. Uh, in fact. I've actually written a book called Framework Leadership, but it's really about developing a system of stewardship that will always sensitize you to the context in which you're trying to create meaningful change. And and I've always believed the the framing process is necessary for uh, organizational change. And what it does is framework uh, a framework system gives the leader a map of the unknown, and I think it helps provide a structure and a, a rationale and a method for moving an organization forward in the change process, even when a lot of times the destination is unclear. 
And so going into that opportunity, again, the university had lost significant enrollment. They had been as high as 3,400 students, and now they're down about 2,200 students. So they lost over that two-year period, uh, you know, over 1,000 students. And uh, so there's a a four-step framing process we use to create the wins that will help you to start producing growth. And I think the first and most significant aspect of that is listening. And, and going in and taking time to listen to the people. There's a, there's a, a saying, in fact, it's from Jim Collins in the book, Good to Great. I love Jim Collins and his writing, but he writes this. He said, you can never know the potential of an organization until you know the potential of the people. And you need to take time to listen, learn, discover what the people have to say, the people that are there. And actually, the people that are there is what will differentiate your, your business, your organization, your university, because they have you unique gifts and abilities and talents and experiences that make it unique, but you can't discover that until you take time to listen. And that's a key thing. And I, I led a healthcare organization and they were, I think in their third or fourth year, and they were averaging around 86% turnover of staff. That's almost nine out of 10 people were leaving every year. And these aren't just you know high school students. These are master's level and above educated clinicians that were just bailing out of the organization because the culture was horrible. The leadership wasn't listening. There was just toxicity throughout. So when I went in, I first, I just sat down and I listened and I said, okay, if you were in my role, what would you do? What, what would you change? I said, yeah. and, it, and it was beautiful because when I first started, I went in as interim and that was, that was really a blessing in a way because I was there for uh, just short of five years. And when I went in there, I said, look, I'm just a temp. So you can share everything with me. It's not going to go anywhere. It's just between us. And, and yeah. I, and I kept that even after, you know, they, you know, I decided, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'd like to stay here. Um, and they agreed with me. So, but I, I just had this conversation and got everybody's buy-in and I looked for those quick wins. Okay. What can I do right now? that can change something quickly uh, without yeah. impacting things. Uh, or dramatically, or it would impact it, but it wouldn't cost a whole lot or anything like that. So I started doing that, did two or three things like that. And then after that first year, that um, turnover rate went from eight, 86% down to 6%. Wow. And I only, using a Jack Welch term, dehired two yes. people. Um, uh, yeah. And, and it, it just, they weren't bad people. They just weren't the right fit there and gave them glowing recommendations and they went on to better positions for them. And I mean, much better in a couple of places, but, but that everybody said, well, how did you do it? I said, I, I listened. I, I asked them, I asked them what they needed and they said something and then we could deliver it. And so we yeah. delivered it. it. It's so simple, but right. it's so hard for so many people. It's just, well, why, you know, it's like, just, just listen. And it, it, it has served me well. And it goes back to, I, I talked about, or I talk about a lot about a boss that I had at an internet market research firm back in my IT days, you know, 20 something years ago. And he was one of those great bosses that just listened and, and told me when you need something, let me know. Otherwise, here's all the things you need to do your job. Go at it. If you need me, I'm over here and let me be and let me create. And I was that organization for several years. And that was during the dot com era where 
recruiters were poaching all the time going here how you know i even had one recruiter that placed me in an organization six months later he calls me he says i got another position for you. it's like you just placed me here and, yeah. and he said it, it it's twenty thousand more a year okay when's the interview and you know back then you know i was young you know i i, I would look at it now going mm, you know more of a you know, <laughs> commitment guy but in your youth you're like look i i gotta start you know banking here you know it's like let's you know, let's start growing and things like that. And it was, it just, you know, took advantage of the situation, but um, without harming anybody, of course, but right. still at the end of the day, it, it just boils down to, if you listen to your people yes. and you, and you know, Jim Collins uh, is amazing when, you know, when he writes about that is if you understand the, the, the opportunities that you have with the people, you create the environment for them to thrive and grow your organization's going to be beyond what you can imagine. And everybody's going to go, what did you do? Um, I, I listened. It's right. it's not like this. Okay, I went to the store and I bought these magic seeds and you <laughs> plant them. Well, this the quote-unquote magic seed is just listening to your people and being there for them. Exactly. And, 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 and it's powerful and it changes the culture immediately. And, and, and together you can begin to create vision. Um, and, and, you know, all be on the same page. I mean, that's what people want. They, they want to feel valued. They want significance. And that's what listening does. And, and we always have to remember as leaders, we're not leading assets. We're leading people and everything that will ever be accomplished in, in, in an organization is by, with, and through the people in your community. So listen, is a powerful tool to begin leading change and transformational growth. And, and I've always used the appreciative inquiry process when I listen uh, because a lot of people, you know, they want to start with what's wrong with an organization. Tell me what's wrong with everything and why do we need to, you know, instead, what's right about this organization? What do you appreciate uh, here? And, and what do you bring to the table that continues to help it flourish and grow and just, yeah, just listening. And out of that, you'll be amazed at how you'll unlock dreams in people's minds and hearts and, and, and the effort that they want to make uh, towards uh, creating growth and health. It's like the phrase we hear, you know, when, when people leave organizations, they give them an exit interview, but I'm a big fan of stay interviews. Okay. Why, yes. why, why are you still here? You know, what, what's, is it the coffee? Uh, it's a <laughs> snack machine, you know, it's the foosball right. table, you know, what, those are pretty cheap on Wayfair. You can get one for yourself at home. So it's, you don't have to come here for it, but uh, you know, what is it? And then yeah. those people share, and then you can take that information and go, okay, how can we create this and make this grow even more? What are some things we can do? And, you know, the front lines, you know, they, they see the things that, you know, the leadership up here, um, they don't necessarily see because you're at a, you're a different vantage point. You're, you're in a different part of the mountain. And when you get down in the trenches, which is really important for us to do, that's when you can see, okay, this is what's actually going on. Okay. What can we do to adjust this, to make it easier on you? And you do it. And next thing you know, it's like, wow, everything's going great. You know, you know, the board's really happy with you, you know, the communities and growing and all of a sudden you're, you know, going from a couple thousand students to over 10,000 students and expanding internationally. I'm sure that was not on their radar when they called you all those years ago thinking, oh yeah, we're going to be in these foreign countries. They're, they were wondering, are we going to still have a campus if we don't do something about it? So kudos to you and your team for turning that around because we make it sound easy, people. It's not, it's not but it, right. it, it's a time consuming, but if, if you've got the passion and the drive and, and you're following your design, uh, you can definitely make it happen. 
Yeah, it, it makes all the difference in the world. And and when you begin leading that way, you're going to see um, new curves of growth and sustainability. There is no doubt about it. And that's what happened. You know, out of that listening exercise, we were able to build, um, you know, on creating probably what would be the three most important issues in higher ed today. And that's accessibility, just giving access to people, uh, giving educational access to uh, people from all the way from certification all the way to graduate levels of education and and then affordability and experiential and and that is what has created the the growth trajectory that we've had here at Southeastern University but it starts with empowering the people to dream together because you take the time to listen learn discover uh, understand the context of uh, who they are and their contribution to the organization it's words to live by. So Kent, love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and all this amazing work you're doing? Yeah, you can go to kentingle.com and there you'll find all the resources available, um, uh, such as framework leadership. And I've written a few other books and, and then also there's access to, uh, our, my podcast framework leadership and then several uh, resource articles as well. So that's the best way. Awesome. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Kent, thank you so much for the work that you've done and are doing. It's making the world a better place. So thank you again for being on the show. Privileged to be with you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.